Hey, this is Jeff Loveland. Thank you for tuning in to Anchor for My Soul podcast, where we want to give a message of hope in the middle of the storm by anchoring ourselves to the Word of God. In each episode, we will grow in our spiritual walk a little more as we use the SOAP Bible study method to dive deep into Scripture, observe what God was teaching, and apply the lessons in our lives, and then pray about it. I hope this encourages you today and helps you go forward with Christ. Welcome back to Anchor for My Soul podcast. This is your host, Jeff Loveland. How many of us have already realized that we will face trials in this life and that there will be times of suffering? Trials and suffering come in many different forms. However, as we read today, we must be patient in these times. Now, why is a guy who is constantly asking God for help to become patient sharing a message about patience? Because some of the best examples come from those who have learned the hard way. I always say that even though I do not like trials, I'm blessed to go through them because I learned so much from them and I'm able to help others in similar situations to either help them in the middle of that trial or to steer clear from them. I believe there is some credibility when one learns the lesson the hard way or learns the lesson several times for good measure, as in my case. On a side note, be careful what you pray for. Three years ago, I must have prayed for patience and God gave my beautiful wife and I a wonderful daughter named McKenna. She is full of love and joy and energy. Lots and lots of energy. This girl does not understand the wonderful concept of rest or sleep or even a nap. She has so much to do and so much to say that there's just not enough time in the day for those things and to go take a nap. I give this example because I'm learning the lessons of being patient daily. Now add all that in addition to being quarantined with a toddler, learning to potty train, and just not wanting to sleep and being motivated and headstrong like her daddy. God answered my prayer. I'm learning patience daily. Now today we will learn about being patient when suffering. There are times where we may feel like we are just being hit from all sides and we're just trying to find what way is up. There will be times where we just want to respond the way the world teaches us. Maybe it's telling someone off, or cursing at someone who just cut you off or caused an accident, or removing friends from your life who just you just can't seem to stand them any longer, or quitting or leaving something in the dust, or even falling back into old ways even though you know you shouldn't. All these options sound great in the heat of the moment as if they'll give you some kind of a release or help you become numb to the suffering and the trials you are surrounded by. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is a complete lie. What we think will help us become set free may actually be a trap to ensnare us and cause us to suffer even more and for much longer. Instead, we are to seek God's word, be patient in our trials, in our sufferings, and in the middle of persecution, and 
trust in the Lord. We must realize the power of prayer. When we are in trouble, we must pray. It may sound weak in the moment, but really, we are weak, and the prayer will strengthen us. God will strengthen us. Little by little, prayer by prayer. We will be back on our feet, and the Lord will help us get us there. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. The prayer of a righteous person is effective. So let's react less and pray more. God is our shelter. He is our way. He is our light when we can't see. So why would we not listen and pray to find the way and he will guide us? Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Let's seek him and not the situation around us. Let's be patient. Let's endure the trouble that is facing us. And let's overcome it with help from the Lord. Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 5. We'll be reading out of the New International Version, the NIV. James chapter 5 Warning to Rich Oppressors Verse 1 Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and your moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look! The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Patience in suffering. Verse 7. Be patient then brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth, or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. The Prayer of Faith Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. 
the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover of a multitude of sins. So that was our scripture reading for today. Now let's observe what it was saying, let's apply it to our life, and then let's pray about it. Now we can break down today's observation of James 5 into three sections. Warning to the rich, verses 1 through 6. Patience and suffering, which is verses 7 through 12. And the prayer of faith, verses 13 through 20. Warning to the rich. Let's talk about the rich here for just a second. Now, does God have an issue with people who've been blessed with wealth? No. Matter of fact, God has blessed many with wealth. Mostly those who are obedient and do what he asks and live a righteous life. Now, I'm not here trying to talk about a prosperity gospel. But I will share about the gospel. About Jesus coming here, dying for our sins so that we may be forgiven and have eternal life. Now, I'm not sharing about the prosperity gospel, but I do believe this, that God does provide for his children. But there's an issue when someone who has wealth takes advantage of others and does things to benefit them solely. And we use power, lies, deceit, or whatever it is to keep them being wealthy in, in a place of power. Here are several verses to go along with today's reading and the emphasis of warning to the rich. Luke 6.24 says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Proverbs 11.28 says, Those who trust in the riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. And Amos 6.1 says, Woe to the complacent. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation, to whom the people of Israel come. And last but not least, 1 Timothy verse six, er, chapter 6, verse 9. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. From these scriptures that we just read here, we see an emphasis on the troubles that will come the way of those who are complacent, that are self-satisfied, smug, or pleased with themselves, and that they will fall eventually in when they focus on their riches and their own desires. As much as I do not like to do this, let's take a quick look at our politics. You will find some who represent the people well, 
And, and then you'll also find some who do things because they know they will benefit from donations, income, prestige, power. Dare I even say the same goes for the media, who will paint a certain narrative, no matter what side you're on, just so that they can get more viewers or so they can make a name for themselves. Whether it's politics, the media, or what we see on social media, deception is at hand. Money, power, prestige, all these things can take someone who who tries to do things with the right intentions and can turn them into someone who will seek the riches in their own desires. Eventually, that will cause them to fall and plunge into ruin and destruction because their focus is no longer in the right direction, but it's on their own selfish ways. Matter of fact, Matthew 6.24 reminds us that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Friends, the truth can be found in God's word. Most people will make it sound like they are with you or for you, but there may be hidden agendas that you may not know about. I can tell you this, that God does not have a hidden agenda. His agenda is about love and being obedient and following his word. For you to love God, love your neighbors, to read, listen, and to follow his word, and to share the good news about Jesus Christ. He is about love. Next, let's talk about James verses 2 through 3. James 5 verse 2 mentions that the riches have rotted and that the moths have eaten the clothes. From there, we see that the gold and the silver are corroded. All these earthly riches, they will not last forever. Matter of fact, we know that these riches are only temporary. Everything we see in front of us, from a house to a car to whatever it is, the clothes on our back, all these things are temporary. The English Standard Version mentioned in verse 3 that you have laid up treasure in the last days. If we go to Matthew 6, 19, it says, Do not store up yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Everything is temporary. Luke 12, 18, verse 21, talks about the, the parable of the rich fool, where we must be on guard for the greedy. Verse 18 says, Then he said, this is the, um, the rich fool, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store up my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Does this sound familiar? I'll do what I want. YOLO, you only live once. Verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. I guess right here, I just, I realized that God can give and God can take away. And we know that God blesses us, but some things, those, those blesses are, are only for so long as well. We need to continually seek God for everything. 
and he will provide for us, but we need to focus on him and focus on others and not ourselves. Romans 2, 5 says, But because of our stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Wow, that's that's powerful stuff. I'd rather store up things that God calls me to, store up moments of where I'm uh, helping others in need and not so much focused on myself, storing up treasures of uh, friends and, and love and community and all these things where um, I will be with them again in heaven. Instead of so much focused on a bigger home, a bigger car, a bigger, bigger this, bigger that. James 4 verse 6 is our next point. And it says, Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Here's a prime example of those taking advantage of those who are working for them. They may include cheating someone out of their wages that they are rightfully owed or not paying them what they should be owed. In a way, this is like a modern day slavery where people will take advantage of others and find a way to cheat them out of their pay or do what they can to just not pay them what they should be owed. God sees this and hears the cries of the laborers. An example that just comes to mind would be the corrupt corporations that we've heard about in the news for the last few years. And have been caught doing practices that they know they shouldn't have done. Or where workers work many hours for very little pay. Or, or they're let go so that the CEOs can earn this outrageous income. But yet leave the other ones without anything to pay for their house or food or for their families. God sees this. From what we read, these treasures do not last and there will be likely a downfall to come. As the economy starts to come back from COVID-19, we see exactly how God has provided for many, even as companies and jobs have been shut down. God is above all these things, including money. You can't serve two masters. You can either serve God or serve money, and I choose God every time. Now let's talk about two words that are very important in this chapter. These are two words that I do not seem to like too much. These two words are patience and suffering. Patience is that word that many of us strive to learn and we do not like to just sit still because we like to see things happen. For example, I'm a kingdom entrepreneur, a self-starter a business owner, and a founder of a nonprofit. I like to see things happen. I'm goal and task oriented, and I love to see results. So patience is a tough one for me at times because of my ability to just go and make things happen. But here's the deal. God gave me the gifts that I have. 
everything that I have and that I am great at is thanks to God. God gave me the passions that I have. Areas where I want to succeed and do well are very much in line with what God has called me to do. And little did I know that my passions and interests in the past have built me and prepared me for this step and the next step in the journey with God. Wherever the Lord leads me, those seasons in the past, those trials that I've learned to overcome, and my interests have made me who I am today so that I can go make a difference in the kingdom of God wherever He leads me and whoever He puts around me. Whether it's my family, my friends, neighbors, or strangers. Did you know that God will even use our shortcomings in areas where we do not succeed to make a difference in the kingdom as well? He actually might use those a little bit more often because they humble us and remind us that we need others in our life and we cannot do this by ourselves. We need community and we need God. And who likes suffering? I'm just going to assume that nobody just raised their hand and thought to themselves, wow, I'm sure grateful for this suffering. But did you know that those times where we suffer might actually be the times where we grow the most? Nobody likes to suffer. And I might add, we do what we can to not suffer. Yet God will use suffering and patience as two ways to mold us and shape us, to keep us humble, and to keep us seeking Him. I've noticed that when I've suffered in the past, I will get down, depressed, and I'll start to isolate. Actually, I've noticed that this seems to be a common action and pattern among many of us. We temporarily lose sight of Jesus. We focus on the situation around us, and we suffer. We might get irritated or downright mad, and we become less patient and more worldly. Our hearts start to harden, and we focus on ourselves. That is, unless you focus on God, His Word, and keep seeking Him. But the good news is this. We have a Savior, Jesus, who loves us too much to keep us in that state, and He will keep coming for us. He loves us too much to leave us in that hardened state because He loves us. Verses 7 through 9 remind us to be patient until the coming of the Lord. We do not know when the Lord will return, but we know we must be patient until that time comes. Patient in trials, patient with others, and patient with ourselves. We must stand firm, not wavering back and forth, but standing firm, waiting for the Lord, and knowing that He will be here sooner rather than later. Right away, we see an example of a farmer who waits for his crops to appear. In one season, the farmer will prepare the land and plant the seeds. And after so much time passes and work to be done, and after the rain comes, the farmer will start to see the crops. This takes time. Like many things in our life, things do take time, and we must be patient. Another example that the Lord uh, showed me as I was preparing this very message is of an army being prepared and ready and on standby. 
like the Minutemen in the American Revolutionary War. They are ready to react at a minute's notice. They were ready to act when they were called upon. They were prepared and patiently waiting. You know, we, we too must be prepared and be patient. If the Minutemen acted too soon, they would have given away their position and alerted the enemy. If they would have acted too late, they would see mass casualties or loss. So they had to be patient. And we must be patient as well. Verse 9 reads, Don't grumble against one another, brothers or sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Who has had a difficult friend or coworker? We might say something like, Lord, can you change them? They need to work on their attitude. Does that sound familiar? Maybe the Lord needs to do some change in us first before we can see the change in others. Who are we to judge others and what is going on in their life? You know, those around us will also face difficulties in hard times. What if that difficult person who we grumbled about is the one person that Jesus will use to help shape us to be more like him? Let's not grumble about others, but instead love them and be patient with them. Maybe as we point the finger at them, we should be actually pointing the finger back at ourselves. There are always things that we can work on. When we try to be patient with others, the Lord presents a great opportunity for us to examine ourselves and our heart in that very moment. Are we loving others well? Are we patient? Are we focused on ourselves and what we want or on others and what their needs might be? Friends, do not grumble and do not judge. We all have areas to work on. Verse 10 through 11 gives us an example of being patient while suffering and that we are to consider those blessed who were steadfast and persevered while suffering or in a trial. There have been times in the past where I am reminded of this very concept and think to myself, I have not been very steadfast in this time. There are times where I will be reminded that I need to weather the storm well and be patient while I seek the Lord and His help. When you get on the other side of that trial or the difficulty season in your life, you can then look back into that stormy season and think about what you learned and how much you grew or even how blessed you are to no longer be in that season. Because you persevered. You made it through. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes when we're in that storm or in that trial, we might not see the light. But we know where we can find it. It's called the Bible. That light will shine through and pierce any darkness we find ourselves in. Verse 11 mentioned Job and his perseverance and how the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. First off, yes, the Lord is very merciful, compassionate, loving, and gives us so much grace. In the middle of the storm, we can lose sight of these things and grow bitter, angry, and forget those amazing things about our Lord. Also, When going through a trial, one can look at Job and realize 
how much he went through and yet kept going. There are times where I like to read Job and hear about these trials because it helps me in the middle of mine. And yet there are times where I do not like to read Job because I'm reminded of how tough times can be and how limited of understanding we actually have. Yet we keep persevering and keep moving forward. And verse 12 says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. I'll keep this one very simple. My biggest pet peeve is when people say one thing and do not do it. I have been reminded continuously that people's words and promises can easily be broken. However, God keeps his word and he keeps his promises. He is always faithful. Therefore, why would a man who cannot always keep his word or promise swear or have an oath saying otherwise? We should just simply say yes or no and do what we say. As I think out loud, maybe this is where we all need to have a little bit more patience. But let's keep our yes being yes and our no being no. Now let's observe verses 13 through 20. Verse 13 in the NIV says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. The ESV says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Whenever we find ourselves in trouble or in a dire situation, or when we are just suffering, we must pray. We might feel that we need to take things into our own hands, but really, we need to place everything in the Lord's hands and seek Him. Psalm 107 verses 20 through 30 says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and He brought them to their desired haven. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if we go back to James 5 verse 13 again, it then says, Is anyone among you happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Worship and prayer are two powerful things, and they both glorify God. When we praise God and worship Him, we are giving thanks and showing our thankfulness and gratitude for having such a good Father in Heaven, who gives great gifts to His children, which includes love, grace, mercy, hope, and so much more. There have been times where people will be down and out and will then find hope by being around others praising the Lord. Matter of fact, I've heard of many testimonies of people who heard the right song at the right moment to help them change their life and prevent them from going down a, a bad or destructive path. 
whether happy or sad or whatever our emotions are. We often need to be reminded how good God is and how much we are loved. When we pray, worship, and praise our Lord, we show Him how much we love Him. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now let's talk about verses 14 through 16. It says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here we see where elders in the church are to pray over the sick and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. They are praying in faith that the Lord will heal that person or make that person well. That the Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. In Mark chapter 6, we see the ministry of 12 that drove out demons, anointed many sick people, and healed them. And it reads, Jesus sends out the 12. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Verse 7, calling the 12 to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Here see the example of those being sent out in the name of Jesus Christ and given authority over the impure spirits. As they went to people, they would preach about repenting from their sins, and then they would help the people that were sick become healed and drive out the demons and impure spirits that were there. As mentioned in James 5 or 16, as we were reading, it's important for us to confess our sins to each other and to pray for one another so that we may be healed. And we also know that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Finally, Finally, let's review verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. There will be times in our life where we just face trial after trial, suffering after suffering, 
and we just start going down the path that we didn't expect to be going down. That stress, that depression, that anxiety can lead people to do crazy things. But when we stray from the truth, there are many who God placed in our lives to bring us back. To bring us back onto the path that the Lord has placed in front of us. To bring us back into God's word. To bring us back into the love and the joy that we once had. To bring us back to be who he called us to be. To see the truth once again and not the lies. And also see the hope and not the storm. We can once again be the child of God whom God created us to be and has spoken over us to be. Galatians 6 verses 1 through 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. In verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Psalm 51 verses 10 through 13 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. As mentioned before, God loves us too much to leave us going down that wrong path. There are many times where God will have his light pierce through that darkness to bring us back. So how do we apply all this to our life? Well, there's a couple things. One, we need to be patient. That is first and foremost. Whether it's waiting on the Lord or patient with one another, we must be patient. And when we become patient, we can love a little bit more. We can care a little bit more. And we can be a little bit more of who God called us to be. We must endure suffering. When we can endure suffering and just be steadfast in the middle of the trial and just keep pushing forward and keep seeking God, then we will be better because of it. We'll have less stress, less anxiety, less depression, and more hope, more grace, and so much more to offer the kingdom of God. Wherever we go, if we're having a tough time, you know what? We might be able to help someone else in their tough time as well. And lastly, how can we apply this to our life? We must pray. We must pray when we're going through the trial. We must pray when we're out of the trial. We must pray for those that are going through a tough time. And we must pray for those who are sick. We must pray, pray, and pray some more. Prayer is so important. And for those who are living such a righteous life and who are doing what the Word of God tells them to do, your prayers are powerful. The way you live is powerful. But when you pray to God, you're interceding on others on their behalf. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are effective. 
and God hears your prayers. We all need to be praying to God. We all need to be praying for one another, and we all need to keep each other going forward and becoming more righteous. God sees us. God hears us. And God is for us. Let's end in prayer. Father, we just were grateful for this time to be here with your presence and your word. The way you teach us, the way you guide us, both in those joyful times and even in those trying times. Lord, you're teaching us patience and how to love well. You're teaching us how to be there for one another, to pray for one another, to care for one another. Lord, sometimes we try to take things into our own hands when really we need to just put everything in your hands. Father, help us to become more patient. Help us to endure and persevere and and be steadfast in the middle of the trial, in the middle of suffering. When it hurts the most, let us be able to push a little harder and cling on to you a little bit more. Father, today we just were reminded of um, the importance of not laying up treasures on this earth and focusing on these things that are going to perish, but instead focusing on the things that are eternal. Lord, I just pray right now that those that have so much wealth, that they don't so much focus on their own selfish desires, that they can take their wealth and use it for good. And I pray for right now that those companies where you have those that are just putting others in a bad position, where they can't pay for their homes or can't pay for the families, that that they decide to care for them a little bit more. Give them a blessing, a financial blessing. Give them a pay increase. Have the companies throughout this nation, throughout this world, uh, be ran with you in the forefront, God. Where it's about caring for another, one another, uh, being um, blessing one another, working hard, and loving people well. Father, I just pray that right now that anyone that's in trouble, anyone that's in enduring um, tough times, anyone that is uh, just trying to get by, or someone that is even sick or confused or frustrated, just, Lord, I just pray right now that you hear their prayers. I lift them all up in your hands, God. I ask that you heal these sick. Those that have incurable diseases, I pray that you help the doctors resolve that right now. Father, I pray that uh, those that are just stressed and depressed and don't know what to do, that you give them the direction to get out of that situation, to rely on you, to have faith in you, and to be there for others in that time. Father, I pray that we become less of us and more about others. I pray that we no longer focus on our own selfish desires and our sins and our wants and our 
things that we want, but do things more that you want. Father, I pray that we turn away from our selfish ways and turn to you and be better because of it. Father, I pray that your your word and the truth pierces through the dark. I don't know why that phrase has stood out to me so much in this episode, but I just believe that the light that you have, the love that you have, the hope that you provide, all this, it just pierces through that dark and it reaches us right where we're at. So Father, I just lift everyone up right now that's having a tough time and those that are sick and in trouble and that they come closer to you. For those of us that are singing songs of praise in this season and those of us that just were able to do that once again, Lord, how thankful we are that you are with us. How thankful we are that we are your sons and daughters. How thankful we are that you are in control. That you can turn anything and make it for your good and your glory. God, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. God, we are so thankful for you. And we are so blessed that you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Anchor for My Soul podcast. If you would like to help us reach further and hear daily content in the near future, we ask that you share this podcast with your friends and also consider becoming a financial partner to help us reach further for Jesus and to share the word. We are blessed to have listeners who pray for us and go make a difference in the kingdom. Please check out our website, www.anchorformysoulpodcast.com, where we have our past episodes, information about the podcast, and even who I am. If you so feel led to become a financial partner, you can either go to our website or you can go to anchor.fm backslash anchor for my soul podcast. Together we make a difference. God bless.